Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Thanks. I can't drink coffee late at night. It keeps me up. Fresh pot! You're listening to the Brenton on Tour Coffee Cast. Brought to you by things that make coffee. People who make coffee. People who love coffee. And maybe just coffee. You have no idea who he is, but he's on the search for the best coffee in the world. So pour a cup, grab a seat on the john, and maybe, just maybe, you'll stop drinking shitty coffee. It's the Brenton on Tour Coffee Cast with your host, that guy you don't know. Here's BD. All right. I'm joined here by my good buddy, Darren Grieve, otherwise known as Danger in the Vancouver market. How are you, buddy? Good, man. How you doing, brother? I'm doing good. I'm hanging out in uh, Indianapolis nice. uh, in, an, in an odd place, uh, which is um, where everything goes left, yet it's a right state. Explain that to me. I don't, I'm not following you. I get well, the right state. I get the right state. Yeah, it's a NASCAR Oh, thing. okay, NASCAR, okay. <laughs> See, I like drag racing a little better than the roundy round stuff, so. Yeah, me too, so there you go. But uh, no one goes right over here, they all go left. Uh, <laughs> welcome to uh, welcome to episode two, man. This is like, I don't know, this is a brand new thing for me, so episode one obviously was about uh, coffee assholes, but episode two of the Brent, what's that? Is that why you have me on here, I'm a ca- coffee asshole? Well, you didn't tell me which one you were yet. Okay. I have to go back and listen to so many choices. I don't know. I might have fit in with one or two of the categories. Well, let me tell you, there's uh, we all are one, so you just got to pick one. Yeah. So we just got to figure it out. But that's why I have you here, because I only surround myself with assholes. So this is the best way to do this. <laughs> there you go. So, so this is perfect. Um, so one of the things that... Um, that's happening over here at DeanBlendell.com or over there, I guess, on DeanBlendell.com is uh, the opportunity to create a whole massive, uh, you know, batch of content. And, you know, what better content to me than to talk about is coffee. And uh, we've discovered through this process that your love of coffee, um, which has probably gone on much longer than mine, but is just as strong. So... Uh- I think this is a great way to start episode two, where we can pull in your love of coffee and my new discovery of coffee and bring the two stories together. But I'll say that my this this level of being in love with coffee that I find myself at now, it's actually only about a year and a half old for me. It's still fairly new. So we're both, I'm, I'm about, a, I guess, a half a year behind you then, because I basically just came on board about a year and a bit ago, February, I guess, of 2018. So, yeah, you know, we're so, probably pretty close. Yeah, no, exactly. So, I mean, did you, was it for you, was it kind of like you already thought you were a pretty astute coffee drinker and you knew a fair amount about coffee? You didn't know everything about coffee, but you knew that you like this type and there's good coffee and there's bad coffee and you're not going to find it at uh, McDonald's or Tim Hortons necessarily. But then you discover sort of this level of coffee that's out there that you never knew existed before. That's what happened to me. And I just had one sip 
of, of a cup of coffee that I had uh, somebody make for me in Gastown here in Vancouver at a place called Obad. And this guy was like a scientist putting this cup of coffee together. I'd never seen anything like it. And then the first sip, which you don't have with sugar or cream, you have it black. First sip I had, I was changed forever. I couldn't go back to anything that I knew about coffee. It was the weirdest thing. Well, I was not even a coffee guy. And to our listeners, all nine of you, we'll try to make this coffee uh, cast, you know, not be paint thinner. But the long story short is um, I was never into coffee. I was a five-hour energy drink guy, which oh. is unheard of in our business of touring and, and rock. Now, almost every guy or girl that I know is on coffee, but I never wanted to rely on anything. I was backstage at a show in Italy and it had an Ely machine set up and I was, I was like melting. I was so tired. We had done like three shows in a row and I needed some, a pick me up. And I had had a handful of espressos over the years. I thought, okay, I'm going to give it the college try. And they had an Ely machine there and I was hooked because Ely makes a fantastic espresso and that's coming all the way from the top. Even the top coffee guys I know love the Ely espresso. So that's great. So that started it. And then it was an, it was sort of a espresso thing for a while. Right. Okay. Just espressos. And then I got out on tour in the summertime uh, and the head of security on that tour, he had access to the best coffee in the world. And so from that point on, everywhere we went across the world, I got the best coffee in the world. Wow. And much like yourself, I w- it was right starting black and I've never mixed and I've never put sugar or milk or anything in it. I've gone black the whole way and, um, and that's how, how it started. And now I'm screwed because I've gone right to the top and, you know, I, I can't go back. So Yeah. No, I didn't. Uh, I, I that day that that first coffee that I had that was black because that's how we served it. Uh, but I have up until this past weekend, I just came back from this trip, as you know, to Portland and Seattle, and a couple of the places that I went to there, I drank it black and thought, you know, I'm going to start drinking it black. I've been using oat milk because I don't like milk, so I use oat milk. But um, uh, I'm thinking that uh, I'm going to go all black now as of this past trip that I just came back from. So it's going to be new for me to do this. It's a definite journey and it's, uh, it's something though, but I, I find that it's, you know, any of the, the, you know, the, the competitions they have around the world and yes, people listening, they have coffee competitions, which we've discovered. Um, there's a lot of things I've discovered on this, but, uh, they do and they're all black. So that's just to get to, to, to the taste and yeah. right to it. And yeah. so it's great. So that, that was a, a discovery of like, you know, to, to discover that out of nowhere and to wait 40 some odd years before, you know, it was in my life, I guess, technically 30 years, I guess you're not drinking coffee at six, but whatever. I just basically, (laughs) I waited waited. and then, and then, and and now it's been a, it's been an amazing journey. And, um, over our discussions on the, on the Blundell network, we were talking about different ways to, uh, come out swinging in Vancouver and create something really great. And we, and part of that was, you know, me discovering your love of the coffee as well through these posts that I was doing about, you know, coffee from around the world every day. So I haven't actually done too much in Vancouver coffee wise because I'm out in the burbs year down there. You love them all. There's revolver, there's parallel 49. There's all these different great ones that are down there. Where are you at right now in your coffee journey? At what point, at what phase now that you're removing the oatmeal 
milk and uh, all the rest of it. Yeah, it's going to be. Uh, I'm going to be drinking. I'll be using oat milk for my uh, for my espresso machine for when I make cappuccinos or flat whites or whatever. So I'll, I'll there'll still be oat milk in the fridge, but I won't be using it when I make like a, a straight cup of coffee, whether it's uh, pour over or an AeroPress coffee. It's going to be black from this point on, mainly due to the fact that this trip that I uh, just took down to Florida to, Florida, to uh, Portland, Oregon, to go to this specific coffee roaster, I brought back so many beans. They taste so good that I just can't bring myself to uh, to put anything in the coffee. I feel like it's doing a disservice. <laughs> they sold me these beans in good faith that I'm going to use them properly. This if sounds you, really... And for no. anybody that's kind of laughing right now, compare it to wine or scotch. It really is. It really is like that. And that's the amazing part. If you go to Europe and ask for milk or sugar, like, you know, oh. in your coffee, it's just like, Insult. you know, that's out. You're out. Yeah. So yeah, it's been a, a hell of a journey. Um, and you're, you know, you've upped your game as far as what you've got home. What are you working with machinery wise? So, you know, on those, uh, stock car shows and on those fishing shows, people are talking about, you know, I'm using this reel and I'm using this rod and I got some guys that are using the, you know, this wrench and a Johnson rod for this or that or whatever. Johnson rod. (laughs) Seinfeld episode. Anyway, so. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, but what are you working on a gear wise and what would you, you know, how did you start with it? Cause you know, and where are you at now with your gear? Cause I'm, I'm kind of in this hybrid zone of like organically doing it versus like machine doing it. So where are you at? Yeah. And when I first got serious about coffee, I got a mocha pot, which is what, you know, all the Italian coffee makers, if they're not using an espresso machine, they're probably going to use the mocha pot. It's just a stove top pot. Uh, so I started out doing that. And that's, again, a, sort of a, um, you know, there's no machine involved in, in making your cup of coffee there. That was a lot of fun. But then I started hearing about how wonderful the AeroPress was. And I heard about it for a long time, thought, well, they must be expensive if they're that good. They're like $40. You can buy them at all kinds of different places. They're just made of plastic. They're actually made so that you can make a cup of coffee when you're out camping or hiking. So they they weren't, they just happened to make an amazing cup of coffee. But the idea was just for you to be able to do it out in the middle of the bush, still have a decent cup of coffee instead of having to tough out instant coffee while you're camping. So for $40, $45, this thing, I mean, they you talk about those coffee contests they have aeropress contests around the world and this is probably my favorite piece of uh, you know my my favorite coffee tool uh, the aeropress but the other one that i've been playing with the last six months or so is a chemex it's just a glass uh had one today you know, so you know what i'm talking about people that don't know it's what they call a pour over so you basically pour the water into the filter and it drips down into this big uh, jug that that's what a pour over is and the the type i have is a chemex just because it looks cool and it was designed by this dude who was actually a scientist i believe back in the early 1900s so it just looks really cool sitting on the kitchen counter that's kind of why i got that i kind of geeked out as it turns out it's a lot of fun trying to make coffee on that too but if i'm going to make espresso or cappuccino i have a breville machine as well that I, i've been playing with so 
it's become a hobby. Uh, the cup of coffee is always great, but I enjoy the process of weighing out the beans on a scale and making sure the water is at the right temperature and whatever you have to do with the espresso machine. I still fuck that up all the time. Every, every single batch of beans I bring home, you need to grind them in different ways, so you waste a bunch of cups, but it's a fun process. It keeps me out of trouble, too. It's an interesting one. And I I talked to Dean today actually about coffee and he, and he was like, I don't understand the process. He was happy with Tim Hortons or just, you know, uh, paint thinner as we talked about whatever gets him through. And I, I've never been, and I find that a lot of the cases in that case is people are just into a bit of a habit. Um, uh, or they're just, you know, they just need the caffeine hit where it's not really about the caffeine for me because I can drink it at 11 o'clock at night and still go to sleep. It's really about, obviously everyone's individual tolerance, I think, but on the flip side, it's really about getting that taste, especially if you've got an infusion going on of different kinds of things that I think that like once you get on the coffee culture side of things, it's over for you. You'll never be able to go back. And that's, my wife was like that too. She was like a, you know, cream and sugar and all the rest of it. And now she's on the AeroPress. I've been traveling with an AeroPress. I have one at home people are like, what is this machine? Yeah. I got to line up at all the shows when I'm making it. Cause people have never tasted it like that before. Cause it really does. It really does make one of the best cups of coffee you'll ever have. And, and now I'm rocking this new device from South Korea called a lever presso. One of the guys on tour saw me with the AeroPress and then told me I needed to up my game. And, uh, so he showed me this lever presso, which is also basically for camping or on the go. Uh, it's not quite as efficient as the AeroPress as far as like quickness, but it absolutely makes the perfect espresso every yeah, yeah. single wow. time. It's amazing. I and we, you know, I'm out here and uh, we've been using the corn coffee on this trip, which you know they use as a drip and they sell it as a drip or or a fine grind. But we tried it in the espresso uh, yesterday with the drummer from Corn, and he loved it. And, um, yeah. you know, he loved it. So it was great. I saw you, I, I saw you playing around with that, uh, on a couple of videos and I saw the, the corn coffee as well. So, so you're happy with that. It makes a good cup of coffee. Does it? It looks really cool. It is. It's a bit more labor intensive than like, it doesn't, I, I can't bang out cup after cup after cup. Like I can with the AeroPress. press. I have to like take it apart, clean out the basket, really make it clean. It's not, I mean, right. I'm not, not complaining. It's just, it's one of those things where it's, it just takes you know, the process, as you said, of getting the beans and grinding them and weighing it out and doing the whole thing. It's, it's just a little bit more of a process than the AeroPress side, but, uh, happy to have them both. They sent it one to me for free. I'm going to, I'm going to hype it up as best I can. Cause I really love it. I think it's fantastic. And, um, they gave me one to give away, which we're going to give away on DeanBlundell.com coming up. So nice. very, very cool. Um, so, and you were just down in Portland hanging out. Yeah. What did yeah, you, what, what did you bring back? What'd you get? I, well, I went down, we actually, my girlfriend and I, we planned this entire trip based on proud Mary coffee. They're a coffee roaster, uh, that actually are from, they're, they're from Melbourne, Australia, but they happen to have opened one other location and it's in Portland, Oregon. So we said, you know what? We have to go down there. They probably one of the best coffee roasters on planet earth. Uh, anybody that I've ever talked to that is, uh, you know, very knowledgeable in coffee, not like me. Uh, but anybody that's knowledgeable will say that at Proud Mary, they probably are, you know, among the best, certainly in the top couple on planet earth. So they have this one in Portland. We designed this whole trip around it and it was unbelievable. Dude, the coffee that you have when you're there, I came back with 
uh, four bags of coffee and a tin. And she brought back another five bags herself. So we dropped, I don't know, a couple hundred dollars in coffee beans and brought all this back here. But I have all these different beans. I just... Uh, I just want to take another two weeks off so I can not do nothing but drink coffee. I uh, was down in Colombia this year and people were like, wow, what'd you bring back? And I brought back a whole mess of Juan Valdez. And nice. it uh, was not what people would think when you're in rock world touring with bands that you would be bringing back from Colombia. But this is the year 2020 <laughs> or 2019. So things are different. You bring back coffee now, you know? <laughs> I have uh, I have a, a friend of mine who's from Colombia. He's from Colombia, and he was telling me it was really funny when they opened the first Starbucks in Bogota, where he's from, because the coffee that they have in Colombia is very, very good coffee, as you know. It's certainly beyond with not to knock Starbucks. Don't want to you know piss anybody off, but you know it's not it's Starbucks coffee. He says it's really funny because people in Colombia they don't really enjoy Starbucks coffee but it's a status symbol thing to walk around the streets with the with the Starbucks cup in your hand so they actually all will drink Starbucks now just because it makes them look like they are of a higher status than they actually are so they're not drinking the good coffee their country produces they're swilling down the Starbucks well maybe their coffee is like the way our Canadian gas is they got to ship it out and then by the time they get it back they're paying you know 4 oh, bucks four, 4 bucks a cup who knows Could, yeah who knows well, that's good, man. Uh, what's going on with you? Why don't you tell everybody what's happening, um, where they can find you, what you're up to. Uh, you're in the sky, you're on the air, and uh, maybe a touch on a little bit of history about where we're at with each other, and then uh, we'll wrap it up for you. Yeah, we have a few things uh, that I'm up to right now. The, the day gig, the regular gig, is uh, reporting traffic, so I fly around in an airplane. I'm not the pilot, but I have a pilot there who flies me around the lower mainland in the morning and the afternoon to report on traffic crashes, which is kind of cool in a city like Vancouver because the view is beautiful. I would think if you had this job in Winnipeg, no slag to Winnipeg, but it's just not as pretty, right? So we get some pretty awesome views up there. Uh, and then in between that, I do a show for Whistler FM. Anybody that's into boarding or mountain biking uh, has probably heard of or been to Whistler before. There's a station there called 101.5 Whistler FM. Uh, they play cool music, and I do the afternoon show there. Uh, and as well, I am putting together something here that we're hoping to get off the ground before too long. Uh, another podcast. I've done a couple in the past, but I'm, uh, I'm in the process of putting something like that together, which I guess brings me to where you and I know each other from. We go, I don't know when we first met, but we certainly go back a long ways and it's through music, through me working at a radio station and uh, you being the guy that would sometimes actually be the reason I would get into shows. You'd have tickets and we knew each other uh, just through those musical channels in Vancouver. Yeah, it's amazing uh, how it just keeps uh, moving around and everyone just moves around in different forms, but we all end up back together and uh, come together over coffee in the end, you know? Coffee and rock and roll, maybe kiss once in a while. Maybe. Awesome, my man. Well, <laughs> thanks for the time, Danger. Um, Danger is your code name, uh, but you can catch him at Darren Grieve. What's your handles, man? Online. We will do, yeah, Danger on Air. You can find me on Instagram. I think it's Danger underscore on underscore air for Instagram. Uh, Twitter at Danger on Air. And on Facebook, you can find me there as well. And there'll be more to come very soon. Yeah, I'm excited to hear about that. Uh, I know a little bit of inside information on that, and it sounds pretty damn cool. All right, that's it for episode two of the coffee, uh, Written on Tour Coffee Cast. Um, thanks, Darren. And we'll catch up soon, my friend. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. Take care.
The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app.